Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? Uh, today is Sunday. It is! We're doing a book club and I don't have a jingle. You don't? I don't have a book club jingle. Yeah, you do. I do? You do. What is it? (laughs) Oh, I do! I do! It goes, sacrilegious book club! Did you really forget about the book club jingle? I fucking did! Wow. Time to lock me up. Man. Wow. That's rough. It feels like it's been a minute. It has, kind of. I mean, we don't do them as often as we were. I mean, but, it, okay, every two weeks? Yeah, no, I mean, it's not that long. That's what I'm so. saying. Like, oh, <laughs> do, you, 
too well we've been of... sick a little bit too so you know, okay yeah yeah, yeah. We'll I, have brain, that. I have brain fog y'all right. that's what it is so what are we uh what are we going over today so the book that we are in is still uh treasury of jewish folklore and then the subtitle of that is stories traditions legends humor wisdom and folk songs of the jewish people yeah and then all of that is edited by nathan oziabel okay and today we are getting into, okay, part one was Jewish salt. We are still in part two, which is heroes. We covered wise men, and now we are in part two of that, which is holy men. Got it. Okay. Holy men. Holy. All right. Holy macaroni. We're going to do the section under that. The first section is called pious and righteous men. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get into this. Okie dokie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so pious and righteous men. Okay. okay? We're going to um, talk a little bit about this introduction here. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I did pick out some choice sentences that I think really summarize this whole section. Got it. Okay. Yep. So um, this is on page 104 and it says, the holy man in Jewish folklore is not one who prays most or fasts most or who mortifies his flesh. The holy man is the righteous man. And um, then reminds me couple- of Paul Fiction. The, the bit that where uh, Samuel L. Jackson's like. The, where the iniquities of the blah, 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 and then he, you know, points his gun at the dude and shoots him. Oh. I don't you don't know what I'm talking about. I only saw the movie once, so oh. I don't have, like, lots of memorizing got it. happening. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay. I can't remember the exact phrase, but I'll have to pull it out sometime. Okay. So then there's a couple sentences, and it continues... The duty of the heart. You said duty. I was waiting for that. I I was wondering if you're going to get it. So the duty of the heart is an exhortation frequent in Jewish devotional literature as a qualification for holiness. So basically like doing what's right, don't be a dick. That kind of thing. Yeah. But anyone who follows righteousness can be holy, not just the elect. Okay. Mm, Okay. That's important to know. Okay. And um, they get very impatient. um, The Jewish people. um, Yeah. They get very impatient with the formalistic stuff and with um, pious humbugs or pretension. And they lampoon overly holy people. Oh. Yeah. So. If only. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, in Christianity, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Empiety 2 is conceived in a most unconventional way. And the first story we're going to read is called True Piety. And so I'll get back to that in a minute because it talks about the uh, uh, what what that means, what it has to do with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm continuing on with the introduction. Because Israel is, quote, a holy people by tradition, holiness is not considered by the rabbis as a providential gift to God's favorites. All men are God's children. As a religious with a profoundly democratic philosophy, Judaism upholds the doctrine that all men are born equal without any condescension or qualifications. It doesn't strike me that that's how they wrote the Old Testament, though. No, no. But it's how they interpret it now. Right, right. And and they mean it. Like, they're very, like, that's the way it is. Right. The rabbis of old did not believe in predestination. They preached the doctrine of free will. Man himself was the architect of his destiny by the character of his deeds. God always stood by as a benevolent ally of the righteous. So if he suffered in this life, he would still be rewarded in the afterlife. Got it. And so therefore you have free will to, you know, do what you're going to do. Even as God knows all. Right, right. So I'm not quite sure how they square that circle, but. Sure. That's how that goes. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So moving on. Um, The credo of the pious man in Jewish tradition is his unswerving belief in God's love for him. Okay. And there's a couple stories about this Rabbi Hillel. And they talk about him in this introduction here. Okay. It is Rabbi Hillel's dictum, though, that most pithily summarizes the traditional Jewish attitude towards piety and righteousness. Do not unto others what you do not wish that others do unto you. That is the whole Torah. Everything else is merely commentary. And that is quoted in one of these stories. Got it. Okay. Hillel, who lived in the time of King Herod in Jerusalem, is widely viewed by historians and scholars as having been the originator of the, this golden rule, hmm. which is enunciated later by Jesus when Jesus says, All things, therefore, whatsoever ye would that men do should do unto you, even so do you also unto them. Right, right. So it's one of the favorite things. Yeah, it's the golden the rule. Don't right. be a dick, be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that is basically the essence of the Torah according to um Rabbi Hillel. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So now we're gonna read a couple of these stories. And some of them are funny and some of them are um just kind of like, yeah, do what's right, duh. Right. Okay. Right. So this first one is called Troop, oh, and they're all really short, I should mention. Okay. okay? Yep. So the first one I'm going to read is the first one in this section on page 105 called True Piety. Rabbi Israel was very scrupulous in his observance of all the 613 precepts prescribed by the religious code. It was his custom, whenever the Passover holidays came around, to personally supervise the baking of matzos in his town. Mm. He wished to make sure that it was done according to the time-honored ritual regulations. On one such occasion, when he was confined by illness, his disciples volunteered to supervise the baking of the matzos. Instruct us, Rabbi, they said. Tell us all the important things we have to watch out for. (laughs) My sons, he says, see that the women who bake the matzos are well paid, was his brief reply. Yeah. So I just, I love that. Like, that is so brief, and that's exactly what they're talking about. No, I think, I mean, that's, 
Yeah. I, I love that. That's They know what they're doing. Just fucking make sure they do it well by ensuring they get paid well. That's, right. That exactly. So um, that gets back to in the introduction when we talked about um, um, piety. True yeah. piety was the name of this story. Yeah. And so back in the introduction, it says... Um, to the saintly rabbi in the anecdote, true piety, it did not lie so much in the faithful observance of all the minutiae of religious regulations, but in the just and generous treatment of one's fellow man. Yeah. And I just loved that. Yeah. So the next little ditty is um, continuing on. It's the, the very next one. Starts on page 106, and it is called The Limits of Piety. The rabbi watched his servant girl panting under the burden of the yoke from which he hung two buckets of water. At mealtime, before he sat down to eat with his disciples, he washed his hands using very little water. Why are you so economical with the water, rabbi? asked one of his disciples. The rabbi smiled and said, while it is an act of piety to wash one's hands before meals, I must not be pious at my servant girl's expense. Hmm. I was like, oh, my God, that's so kind and thoughtful and considerate. But you have a servant girl. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, I mean, it would be the same even if he had, like, hired help. Sure. It, no, I, I get it. It's, I mean, you I have to the, take it for what it is. I get the intention of the, the, I get it. No, I totally appreciate that you pointed that out because that is true. And that is something to point out. Right. But I, I do find that taking this for what it is in the time that it is and what was happening, that that is pretty awesome. Right. So the very next one is called Rabbi Hillel's Golden Rule. Okay. And okay. Don't yep. forget that he lived during the time of um, King Herod. Right. Okay. Yep. So once a heathen came to Rabbi Shammai and said, I'll gladly accept the Jewish faith, provided you can teach me the entire Torah while standing on one Jewish leg. One Jewish leg. On one leg. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why I said that. While standing on one leg. When Rabbi Shammai heard these insolent words, he seized his surveyor's measuring rod and drove the heathen out of his house. Oh. Then, heathen went, then the heathen went to call on Rabbi Hillel and said the same thing. I'll gladly accept the Jewish faith, provided you can teach me the entire Torah while standing on one leg. Okay. Now, just as Shammai was wrathful, so Hillel was gentle. He said to the heathen, do not unto others what you do not wish that others do unto you. That is the whole Torah. Everything else is only commentary. Go and learn. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yep. Like that. I wish that this was how religion was practiced. Right. You right. know what I mean? These little stories are what Christianity is supposed to be about. It's you know, what I understood it. Like, it's what I idealistically understood Christianity to be growing yeah, up. Yeah, you know? same, same. And Just being nice and treating treating your fellow man correctly. But in practice, I learned many, the, the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. So. Definitely. Um, then we're going to skip a couple pages, go to page 109. And this one's called Saint or Horse. And I really like this one, too. Okay. A young man once came to a great rabbi and asked him to make him a rabbi. It was wintertime then. The rabbi stood at the window looking out upon the yard while the rabbinical candidate was droning into his ears a glowing account of his piety and learning. <laughs> the young man said, you see, rabbi, I always go dressed in spotless white like the sages of old. I never drink any alcoholic beverages. Only water ever passes my lips. Mm. Also, I perform austerities. 
I have sharp-edged nails inside my shoes to mortify me. Even in the coldest weather, I lie naked in the snow to torment my flesh. Wow. Also daily, the shamas give me 40 lashes on my bare back to complete my perpetual penance. Mm -hmm. And as the young man spoke, a white horse was led into the yard and to the water trough. It drank and then it rolled in the snow as horses sometimes do. Mm -hmm. Just look, cried the rabbi. That animal too is dressed in white. It also drinks nothing but water but has nails in its shoes and rolls naked in the snow. Also, rest assured, it gets its daily ration of 40 lashes on the rump from its master. Now I ask you, is it a saint or is it a horse? (laughs) I just love that. Like, it's works and deeds. Right, You know? Yeah. Okay, I think I have one or two more. I'm skipping ahead here. Okay, here's another one on page 115. This one's called Man the Peacemaker. Okay. Okay. When Joshua was building an altar to God, the Jews came to him and asked, Explain to us, our master Joshua, why God has forbidden the use of iron on stone from which an altar is constructed. Joshua explained, When men sin against God and bring a sacrifice upon his altar and confess their sins, God forgives them and rewards them with long years of peace. This is because the altar is made only to lengthen the life of man and to establish peace between man and God. It is different with iron. From it, one fashions swords and spears and all manner of weapons employed to kill, to shorten life, and to kindle hatred between man and man, between nation and nation. Therefore, God commanded that iron, which shortens the life of man, be not allowed to touch the stones of the altar which bring him peace and increase his years. When the people heard Joshua's explanation, they were filled with delight and said, if the stones that, if the stones that see not hear not and speak not are so highly prized by God, because they make peace between him and the sons of man, how much more prized must man be when he makes peace between one individual and another between husband and wife, between nation and nation. Hmm. Like, I didn't realize that that was a whole, you can't use iron. Right. You know what I mean? I remember there was a thing about iron when God. I don't recall it, but it doesn't shock me. Right. Not being able to stand iron is like a fairy tale kind of thing. Right. So there's so many different critters out there that iron hurts them. Right. Or silver hurts them. Sure. So I, I just find it really interesting that in this particular story, it gives a reason for it. Yeah. No, I was, I mean, I like that somewhat. And then again, you know, it preaches peace. Right. Which I love. Yeah. And and I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, we're reading the Old Testament and there's anything but peace in it. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's great sentiment. Sure. And, and like you said earlier, like the idealistic version of what God is and what religion is. Mm-hmm. Is is often said in these 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 little stories, these little stories that they have, and vignettes. But it's not what I have encountered in religion, right. and it's not what people in general. It's not that what I people know in general practice. Practice, right? Yeah, I I think maybe that's why I'm finding particular delight in these because it's not what we've been reading, and right. this does take me back a minute, you know, to. Like, remember when you thought religion was, you know, about peace and kindness and love? Yeah. Remember? 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 Well, and I'm like, oh, 
religion's cute. I will say this. I, I think that the more um, intellectual someone is about their religion, the more they think about it, the mm-hmm. more they philosophize about it. I was going to say the more that they get into the philosophies and morals and I feel ethics. like they they lean closer towards the idealistic version of what sure. religion could be and, and might be. Well, I mean, I would think that the more intellectual that they are about it, the more that they have to um, realize all the harm of it and make peace with it and ask how they're going to apply the things that they learn to their own life. Right, right. And you can't apply all of them because some of them require you to do very terrible things. Right, yeah. So it it's to me about picking out, cherry picking, if you will, the good stuff and throwing away the bad. Yeah, I don't And think... it seems to me that most religions today have cherry picked all the bad stuff and threw out the good. Well, and even if they haven't, they haven't pick, picked out all the bad. And the problem is that I think in order to be a modern religion that is going to survive in 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 this era i think that you have to decide that you are this way versus that way you mm-hmm. know are you going to promote hate or are you going to promote love right and that that's where it goes the unfortunately it feels like the hate version wins out mm-hmm. so and and that probably is why we've had a lot of religious wars you know the mm-hmm. hate is easier to um get behind honestly like well, anger is such an an easier emotion than having patience and calming down and keeping a level head kindness love i mean right like this is off topic but related we were talking today about um um oh what's it called gentle parenting yeah and how i was raised um with a very authoritarian style of parenting and so that is all I knew and how I behaved as a parent early on. Right. Until um, you are much more of the gentle parenting, the yeah, kind parenting. Sure. And and not not because I read books on it, but that's no, just, just kind of who that's I am. Your personality right. is just I'm still a very strong and yeah. like but yes, I, I definitely You do have a line that shall not be crossed, but <laughs> the the line is so far away that like Honestly, if you go to that line, you pretty much brought it on your damn self. Right. But no, you are very patient. You are very kind. You are very soft hearted and nice. I mean, everybody loves you. <laughs> everybody that meets you loves you. My parents who are, you know, right wing Baptists, um, they thought for the longest time that I had to be more liberal than you. <laughs> and it shocked them to their very core to learn that you are more liberal and progressive than I am. Right. Right. Or maybe not so much anymore. We're right. pretty much on the same but page But definitely started out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but it's something that I, that, that soft parenting is something that I have had to learn and that I, I grapple with and that I, I take great pains. I want to be better. Right. And I think you have to take that into account. Like you have to want to be better and you have to try and that means work and effort and it is easier to just be mad and just be scared and just be pissed off all the time. Sure. Instead of, you know, taking the, the softer, kinder route. It yeah. is harder to be nice. It's a shortcut. Sure. Sure. I mean, it is. It's a short anger is a shortcut. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm admitting that as a person who, who 
you know, wants to to be better than I am, that it no, is I, definitely I think you've, hard. Honestly, I think you've made great strides in the way you parent and the way you handle society in general. And um, it, it takes a lot of effort to be that better person that that not, and I don't mean better person, but that. No, um, I would I would say better, not in the sense that you pat yourself on the back, but a, a better version of humanity. Right. Right. And I mean, I. I like to, you know, there there are things that I like to think I stole from religion and things like, you know, leading by example, you know, things like that. Like they always say, show your your religion by example, right? Right. You know, like, and but they don't. They don't. People don't do their that. idea of yeah. showing their religion by example is paying for somebody's food that's next in line for you. That's great. It's great, but you also are going to fight against abortion when somebody needs that and it might kill them if they don't have it. Right. I mean, right. you just there's no consistency to what these people do. You have to be consistent if you want to live by these standards and you have to apply it not by the standards of what somebody is telling you, but by the standards of what is right in your heart and in your mind. And right. don't just take what other people... I, you can't just live off of what other people tell you. Right, right. So... Except I'm for, sorry, I'm going off on a little bit of a Except for you guys. You guys do have to listen to what we're telling you, which is <laughs> fucking be nice. Well, yeah, be nice. I mean, that's it. They Just don't, they don't have nice. to listen to us. No, they do. Oh. You do have to listen to okay. us. Be nice. Sure. Okay, I guess you don't have you to. You don't, yeah. You don't. But Ultimately. I wish you, I sure wish you would. Right. Um, I have a couple more here I'm going to read. Oh, This sorry. one is on page 116, and it's called His Brother's Keeper. Okay. Okay. Eula went into hiding. He was he fled and went into hiding. He had disobeyed the queen. Therefore, he feared her vengeance. For this reason, she condemned him to death. He finally found asylum with Rabbi Joshua in the town of Lud. But the queen's spies discovered his hiding place. Oh, no. They surrounded the house and said to the Jews, If you do not deliver to us this man, we will slaughter all the Jews in your town. Oh. Then Rabbi Joshua said to Eula, I beg you to forgive me if I deliver you to the queen's servants. Far better that a single person should suffer than that an entire populace should be slaughtered. I mean, Then he went and delivered Eula to the queen's spies. Now in the past, the prophet Elijah had often miraculously revealed himself to Rabbi Joshua. But after Rabbi Joshua delivered Eula to the queen's spies, Elijah ceased his visits. Mm. Grieved over his continued absence, Rabbi Joshua fasted for 30 days. Then Elijah came again. Why did you desert me? asked Rabbi Joshua. What else did you expect? cried Elijah. Should I have anything to do with a man who delivers an innocent fellow Jew into the hands of heathens? I have only done as the law um, bids me, Rabbi Joshua said in justification. The Mishnah teaches us that when the heathen demand that a single Jew be delivered to them with the threat of killing all other Jews, if this not be done, then it is right to sacrifice the individual for the entire community. The law is as you say, replied Elijah sternly, but under no circumstances should you have acted as you did. Better that all should perish than that Jews with their own hands should deliver a brother to be murdered by the enemy. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that's why I, I liked that one not for its message so much as for food for thought. Right. Um, I mean, I get the sentiment, but at the same time, if they truly were going to kill everybody, it does you no good to hold on to that one person. They're still going to die. 
Right. But I guess the question is, but how much cost to your soul? That Well, death. No, but I mean, like, and I guess, too, the question is, does it depend how well you know the person? Because, like, would you hand me over for a whole town? You know? I, I suppose it honestly depends on how much I believed whether or not they were actually going to kill everybody or not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it seemed like an empty threat, then probably not. But you might if they were pretty much going to kill everybody in yeah, town? Yeah, Are you serious? I mean... Oh, my God. I would horrible. hope you would turn me over, honestly. Like... No. Like, that... I, I can't imagine, you know... I'm going to die one way or the other. What is the point of holding on to me when I'm still going to die one way or the other? Oh, because these people in this town kind of suck. I'm... But I'm saying... You you would have everybody die and me or just me. Well, see, here's the difference, though. I think that Eula should have walked out himself and be like, okay, just kill me then. I'm not going to have you kill this whole fucking town for me. Which is, I think, what I would probably like to think I would do. It's what I like to think I would do is offer myself up. Like, okay. don't kill this whole fucking town. Just go ahead and take me. But so, they're still going to kill the dude they came for. That's what Somehow. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If I'm the dude they came for, I would give myself oh, up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got it. So you wouldn't have to throw me out. Right. Right. But still, I don't know. It gave me food for thought. Definitely. Like, the rule says do this. And then here's, you know, St. Elijah saying, but don't though. I, just, I think that's a very convenient take. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's great that, that you one, get to say that you're righteous for... Not you wouldn't have done that, but then we all die, right? So right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That one was translated and adapted from the Agata, which I just found really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely food for thought. Okay, I have one more. Okay, this one is called the Chaste Maid, and this one was like woo on page one twenty. Okay. Okay. Yep. So this one's gonna like have you go woo. Got it. Okay. Mm. In a certain city, there lived a maiden. She was chaste and pious and took no pleasure in the vanities of the world. That means she was beautiful, but she didn't, like, go out and buy expensive creams and, like, you know, buy fancy handbags and whatnot. Right. Okay. It so happened that the prince who ruled the city saw her one day. Of course, he fell in love with her. Because that's what happens when you see somebody beautiful. Yeah. You never talked to them before. You, it's just like David when he saw yeah. Bathsheba yeah. taking a bath, you know. Of course, yeah. of course. Wait, wasn't that Solomon? Was it Solomon? I think it was Solomon and Bathsheba. Oh, I'm almost okay. positive it was Solomon. You're probably right. I could be wrong. I can't remember now. I can't remember now. For either. some reason, I thought it was David. I thought it was Solomon. It was. Was it? David? I'm almost certain it was David. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't really care. Quite honestly, they're both gross. Right. No, it was. Yeah, I think it was David. Okay. But. You're probably right. I could right. be wrong. I could be wrong. You're probably right. I don't fucking know. Moreover, I don't fucking care about that. Right. Okay, so anyway, he took one look, saw how beautiful she was, and it wasn't lust, it was love. He was in love with her. Bullshit. Okay. On more than one occasion thereafter, he sent messages to her and tried to pers- persuade her to love I, him. I have a question. How can you love someone you've never right, even fucking talked to or met? Because men are gross. You can't. You, that's not possible. men wrote the Bible and men are gross. That is all there is to it. Right. Nevertheless, he failed to bend her to his will. (laughs) Thereupon, he decided to use violence. One day, he broke into her room, followed by his soldiers, and he forced her to come with him to the palace. Jesus. The maiden cried aloud and lamented, 
But when she saw that her chaste tears did not move the lustful prince's heart. Ah, there it is. Lustful. Yeah. yeah. She asked him, please tell me, what is it that you like so much about me? Right. He replied, you have the eyes of a dove. They have taken me captive. You see where this is going? Go get yourself a dove, buddy. Right. Hearing this, the maiden said, now I see how strong your love for me is. Therefore, I've decided to do your will. Permit me then to go into my private changer chamber to adorn myself for you. She's going to kill herself, isn't she? Uh, not quite. Oh. The prince permitted her to do so, and she bolted the door behind her. Then she took a knife and gouged out her eyes with it. Oh, damn. Groping her way back to the door, she opened it and murmured to the prince, Since you have such great love for my eyes, you may have them. Here they are. Do with them as you wish. Wow. Dismayed and shaken, the prince stood before her. He let her go home, and she remained pure and chaste as long as she lived. Wow. Yeah, I bet she did, because now she's damaged goods. And, yeah, nobody wants to fuck her now, because she Because it got... wasn't about, don't don't say fucking love. Don't yeah. don't say love. That's yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And and her virginity was so important that um, she would rather, you know, uh, carve her eyes out. The whole story is gross. The whole story is gross, because right. she was going to get raped either way. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't about love. It was about he wanted to rape her and he was pissed because she wouldn't let him. Right. And it's like, ew. And she's like, here's my fucking eyes that you love so much. Go go fuck a skull, the, man. The, I mean, the story is like the incel stories that you hear. Yeah. Like, I mean, what? I love her, so I, I have every right to, you know, be with her. And if she doesn't yeah. like me, then it's her problem. Of course. Like, what the fuck is wrong with men that think these things? Um, it leads me to think that my ex, had he not been able to find a, a woman, yeah, um, who made him become religious and isn't that convenient, <laughs> um, it makes me think he would have been on this Andrew Tate train, the really? incel train. Yeah, I, yeah. Could, I could see that. It's it's a very narcissistic in the in the medical sense of the term, not right. not the like you're so pretty and vain yeah, yeah, yeah. perspective. Right. It's a very incapable of seeing other people as actual people with feelings it's a complete lack of empathy for your fellow man and like you are the star of the story but it's almost like it's a trained manly thing mm -hmm. like we men, men in general i feel are conditioned to not have feelings mm -hmm. to to not view women in any other light than an object mm -hmm. you know like that is how we are conditioned, and if you see it in any other way, if you see a woman as a person, if you see, if you act as though they are a real human being, you're considered weak in the men, the manly circles, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And that's something I railed against growing up. I just, I didn't understand it. I don't, I still don't understand it. I, in fact, am, um, I could hold my own, you know, like, against most men, quote unquote. Yeah, I wouldn't want and to get into a fight with you. I'm just saying, like, I I, I would rather make manly the ideas of equality and, um, you, you know, just it's, women's rights. Like, I, I feel safe. like that is to be secure in myself is more manly than to objectify women, you know? But it's safe for you to say that because you are very broad-shouldered and tall. And yeah, no, you definitely. You have a very... Um, manly stance about you. Right. So, no, I mean, so for sure. Like, you present as somebody who could fall into that, like, 
redneck backwards behavior because you look like a military guy. You know I what I mean? You I look do. like a farmer guy. You look like that guy. I do. And I, yeah. No, so I'm, it is, it is perfectly safe for you to say, yeah, I'll hold my wife's purse. What? Yeah, I'll buy her tampons. What? Right. You know? Right. So I, I think it's easy for you to say. Because and, someone of a lesser stature than myself that couldn't maybe hold their own. Yes. Would possibly even be scared to do those things mm-hmm. because. And, and it's not that I haven't ever felt that way. I have. No, I know. I've definitely not wanted to hold your purse in the past. Oh, my God. You still have problems with that sometimes. But I, I've I've always been who I am, but mm-hmm. I've become more comfortable with who I am in public mm-hmm. in the last, I would say, five to seven years. And and I would say that's one of the things that I've challenged you on. Like, if I've had to, right. like, learn patience and kindness and be less of an authoritarian figure, yeah. you have had to, like, get rid of... Sometimes the the manly man thing that's in you, the machismo that you but it's already. But it's not that I have the manly man thing in no, me. It's no. I have a fear of of the image of not being that man, right. manly man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like that's what it, it yes. was more the fear of not holding up to that image in society than it was about me believing those things. I definitely don't believe those things. No, but you don't Never like have. anybody looking at you and thinking ill of you. Right, right. I mean, who does? But like. That's one of the things that you've overcome over the years is like, don't fucking worry about it. Well, part it. of my journey of becoming who I am now and and probably will continue this journey is that I think that it's important for, for men to own their liberalness and own their um, support for um, women's rights. You know, like it, it's very important that you act as in such a manner that you don't give a fuck about what other men think of you holding that goddamn purse or wearing a pink shirt or whatever it is that you perceive that you're being looked upon badly for mm-hmm. that is not manly because manliness is toxic and it is causing so many problems in our society mm-hmm. and it's time that we take a different path yeah you know and and we need to be the ones especially the older generations like we're getting to that part where we're the older generation at some point. I know. Level. We're in our late for- mid to late 40s, so, like, that's us now. But especially us. I don't want to be the old boomer saying stupid things that, right. you know, I, we need to be part of leading the way. You know, we need to say, no, you other people that are my age, you're stupid. Stop doing what you're doing. Right. Right. So, I don't know. Definitely challenge y'all to be better. And I don't mean directly confront. I'm just saying just no. be who you are. And don't worry about the fucking shit you take from other men. It's, they they are the ones that are not manly. It's true. 100%. It's they true. They are not secure in their manlyhood. Like, when men are like that, all I can think is, oh my god, you're wiener. Right. Like, literally, right. it always comes back to your wiener. And yes, I call a dick a wiener because <laughs> it, it's just so much more childish. And that because that's what I think when I see... Um, balls hanging on the back of men's truck and they zoom, zoom, vroom, vroom, you know, gun their engine. I'm like, oh my God, you're wiener. Right. Like you, you are so much more than your wiener. You could be if you would just not worry about it for a minute. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, we just solved all the world's problems. Something like that. And, um, and we just got done done with that. Yeah. So we are done with the book club for today. Um, there is not a weekly replay as yet. That will be coming up on Tuesday 
because we've got two more episodes left in Ezra. Yep. And those are going to be our wrap up and our contradictions episode. On Tuesday. So um, stay tuned. We will see you guys tomorrow for the wrap up. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday we'll have the contradictions episode. And then on Wednesday we'll start Nehemiah. Yep. There you go. We'll see you guys then. All right. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.